Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brame. Something Positive for Positive People is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that connects people struggling with herpes stigma to mental health resources. And you can support us by donating today at Venmo or Cash App at Courtney Brame, just my first and last name, all one word, no special characters, or you can visit paypal.com slash SPFPP. Whatever you do, please put SPFPP or donation or something in the comments. It's not like a lot of people owe me money or pay me through Venmo or Cash App, but it just helps me distinguish between the two. So there is no confusion when it comes to uh, tracking this for nonprofit purposes to maintain 501c status. Caitlin is our guest today. Caitlin, how you feeling? I feel amazing. Good. I'm feeling good. So I happened to see you post something in relation to fitness. And I was like, oh, I liked it. I was like, who is this? Have we talked before? And I looked back at our messages and we were supposed to record. It's been about a year, a whole year. We went, yeah, let's check it in a couple of weeks. And here we are. Uh, one month exactly to the anniversary of when we first connected about recording this podcast. I saw that we had a lot of voice messages back and forth. And I was like, what did we even talk about? <laughs> so long ago. Yeah. Um, it, it has been long. So I guess, where are you psychologically between when we first connected and then mm-hmm. now? Yeah, I mean, at that point, I think I was still like feeling kind of weird I don't know I was just not in the greatest of places mostly just like being unsure about like who I was and what I wanted to do um and I feel like that has pretty much disappeared at this point which is really cool yeah how'd you get through that um yeah I mean I just did like a lot of self-reflecting I think and like trying to figure it out I guess I don't know (laughs) a lot of journaling Yeah, I like the self-reflection and journaling. And I think that being in the pandemic right now, well, at the beginning of it, for sure, like a lot of people may have handled it a lot different uh, than others. But self-reflection tends to be a major theme in our podcast guests between journaling, between um, reading and creating and then removing or investing more into positive relationships while removing yourself from toxic and uh, relationships and things that no longer serve you. So uh, when you journal, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just asking a little bit about you because I want to understand, um, you know, where you were to where you are now, because you said you are in a much better place. What were some of your journal prompts and self-reflections that you had? Honestly, when I journal, a lot of the time, I just write down, like, what I'm feeling in the moment. Um, Because I have a hard time, like, expressing my feelings. And that was, like, a huge thing for me to, like, figure that out, like, how to do that. So if I can, like, put a name on a feeling, that really helps me. And that's honestly, like, pretty much all I journal because, yeah, I mean, that's what comes to my mind when I open my journal. I'm like, how am I feeling today? Yeah. So just basically checking in with the emotion. Has there ever been a time where you didn't know what you were feeling in that moment? Oh, my God. All the time. Does writing yeah, help you? Like, oh. I need to be feeling anything. Like. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was gonna ask if a feeling emerged as you started writing, or did you just write about not feeling anything? Ooh. Yeah. No, actually, that is true. Like some of the time, it does happen where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm actually like right now, I'm content. Like it's okay if I'm not like upset or like need to work through something, you know. Yeah, um, I've been big into listening to audiobooks. I'm revisiting audiobooks that I had for years now. And one of the books that I'm revisiting is Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. And in that book, yeah. oh, you are you familiar with it? Um, I have, I started to read it, but I haven't finished it, but yeah, I know what you're uh, talking about. So it, I want to remember, but I just, I remember specifically, um, well, now that I'm restarting it, I'm at the beginning and I'm taking little notes in my phone as I listen. And one of the things that he said is that emotion comes from a root word, uh, uh, uh the root word of emotion means something in Latin that means disturbance. So emotion is just a disturbance, you know, between positive disturbance or negative disturbance, that's all subjective. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I think that it was, it's interesting to like be speaking to what journaling is and you talking about emotion and men, me having heard that. So like no yeah. emotion or just contentment is a natural state of being for us. For sure. Yeah. Now, I, now that we have a little bit about you, want to speak to you about your herpes experience. Do you remember or know when you were diagnosed? And can you just kind of start there and give us a breakdown? Yeah. Um, yes, I do remember very distinctly when I was diagnosed. And it started, um, I was 19, so it was 2016, I think. And, um, I, do you want me to just go through like the whole deal? Oh, you can go, okay. just go. Yeah. So I guess like to kind of preface it, um, I grew up in a really religious household. My parents were Christian and I, there was like a lot of beliefs around like purity culture and like, you know, not having sex and all that. And my parents were really strict on me in that way. Um, and I was also just, like, in a really shitty place in my life. Like, I just didn't care about myself. There was a lot of, like, self-hate going on. And I was just not taking care of myself. So um, when I realized that I had something going on, it, like, completely shattered me. I'm sure, like, a lot of other people... And not to say that, like, it wouldn't shatter you if you're, like, in a good place in your life, too. But I feel like it really exasperated it, you know? Um, so I noticed I had a sore. And I went to my mom. And I was, like, obviously, like, so mortified to tell her. <laughs> because, you know, I'm, like, this... I'm supposed to be, in their eyes, this, like, perfect Christian girl, you know? And... Um, so I told her, I was like, I have a, I have a sore and I think we need to go to the doctor. So, um, I ended up going and, uh, I remember the gynecologist was like kind of judgmental. She wasn't very warm or like helpful, I guess. Um, and I just felt like extremely alone and there was 
a point where she was like, well, it's probably herpes, but we don't know for sure, so we're going to send it in. And um, so then, like, three days later, I get a call from the nurse, and they're like, oh, you have chlamydia. (laughs) So I'm like, okay. I was like, I don't have herpes? And she was like, no, there's nothing on here about herpes. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, like, (laughs) I'm fine. Rejoice. like I was just pretending like it wasn't a thing 
and I was able to kind of like put it out of my mind. And <clears throat> so two years go by, we're, we're dating, we're in a serious relationship. Like he, yeah, he moves to Colorado and uh, I haven't had an outbreak at all for those two years. And, you know, every once in a while it would pop up in my head like, I can't believe I did that. I'm so ashamed. Um, how will he ever forgive me if he finds out? Like, it was just awful. So then um, I had told my sister and her uh, shitty ex-boyfriend happened to be in the room when I told her. Um, and he decided when their relationship was ending, a way to get back at her and my family would be to text my boyfriend and tell him that I have a deadly disease, quotations, um, and that I never told him. And when that happened, we were sitting at the table with my dad, and uh, he looks up at me and he's like, is this true? Like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? And I just... I freaked out because I was like, this is not how, if I ever plan to say something, like, this is not how I wanted it to go down. Um, but, like, I kind of deserved it, you know what I mean? That's how I felt in the moment. Like, I fucking deserve this because I didn't tell the person that I love that I have an STD, you know? And um, I don't think that anymore. <laughs> but, I mean, I've, I've forgiven myself. But... When it happened, I just ran downstairs and, like, we, like, cried and yelled at each other for, you know, a long time. I had to, like, call out of work and be like, you know, I can't come in. Like, I'm dealing with something right now. And um, I told him, I, you know, I apologized, like, a thousand times. And I was like, I feel so horrible. I don't know why I didn't tell you. I obviously should have like and I think at that point I I hadn't even done any research about what it means to have herpes or like I didn't know anything about it and I was just like still like in this whole stigma mindset where like it was still horrible you know to have herpes and so we both together did a bunch of research on like what it means and um it took a really really long time I told him you know please like break up with me <laughs> you know like you don't deserve this and like I don't I don't know how like we can come back from it you know and he I was like if you if you because it got to be like six months and I was like if you can't forgive me for this then like please just move on with your life because like you deserve to be you know happy and stuff and um it was really fucking hard dude like uh eventually though he was able to forgive me because like we both learned that really like having herpes is not a big deal and like I finally was able to get over the stigma of it um so yeah I think 
it was it was really hard because I, I said and did a lot of things that were like not correct and I really beat myself up over it for a really long time. Um, and then around that time, I think six months later, I had uh, I had found Shoshana, her podcast. Um, Living Brave. She, yeah. She was talking about having herpes and stuff, and I was like, oh my god, this girl is like speaking to me right now. And um, I ended up joining her life coaching program and I didn't even realize that like I needed to do a lot of work around this um and so that ended up being like one of the main topics that I had to work through and um it really allowed me to like finally just forgive myself and like move on and and know that like it isn't a big deal in my life you know like I told you before we got on this call like I haven't even thought about or dealt with herpes at all in the last year and like to get to that point it's just it's been a really long journey you know and I'm understand that like a lot of people go through that too um and that so basically like uh during that time I ended up writing an article about it I don't know if I showed it to you or not but um, on Elephant Journal, just about, like, my story and my journey, and that was, like, one of the things that really helped me just, like, you know, accept it, I guess. Yeah. The end. <laughs> do you need a moment to just kind of breathe, or do you need a pause here? Yeah, I feel like I don't talk about that a lot, and it does make me really nervous, yeah. and, like, emotional uh would you like me to pause the podcast for a bit no that's okay all right uh thank you thank you for going that deep and going into that much detail um i am very curious to know where that relationship went All right, I was like, oh, I think they're still together because I saw a post about five years or something. Like, okay, yeah. so this is that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to know how did you work through that? How did you get from the point of yelling at each other in the living room, him thinking you have a deadly disease, and then you collectively together, like y'all went through and looked up the information together, and you spoke to having to forgive yourself. I'm curious about your experience with him uh, throughout the duration of the relationship. Has he held it over your head? Has he forgiven you? Let's let's speak a little bit about that. Let's talk about some of the good stuff. Yeah, so like I said, um, it was about a six-month period, I would say, that he went through like feeling really hurt by me because I betrayed his trust and um there was a lot of times where he kind of did hold it over my head and you know he was angry like rightfully so um and honestly it was just like a lot of communicating and like having really in-depth conversations about like where we are in our relationship and like um what it really means like for me to have herpes and then also like 
if he were to get it, like, I guess preparing him for, like, that possibility, you know, and just, like, doing as much research as possible, and, like, that, I'm, that was really, like, the thing that helped us work through it, was figuring out, like, what the reality of it is, um, and, like, what the statistics are, and, like, rate of transmission, and, like, how to be careful, and, um, reading, like, people's stories, and me kind of, like, relaying information that I heard from Shoshana's podcast, and, like, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of, like, really deep, painful conversations that we had to have, and, and he did hold over my head a little bit, and I, that's when I kind of said, like, you know, if, if you're not gonna be happy, like, if you're not gonna be able to let this go, like, I don't want us to be 10 years down the line, and, and you still be, like, angry at me or resenting me for it and I was like if you can't do that then like we gotta move on and just like accept the reality you know mm -hmm. like that's really hard for me to say because like all of it was my fault you know mm -hmm. out of curiosity herpes tends to be a physical presentation of an underlying trauma or pattern in a person's life as far as their emotions go and what i'm hearing from you is a lot of self-punishment during that time i'm curious sure. to know if there was any if that was the correlation or if there was something else that herpes brought to the surface for you to explore reflect on and then heal dude this sounds like so corny but like and like crazy to a lot of people that maybe have just been diagnosed, but like herpes was literally the reason that like I am the person I am today. And like, it helped me realize like how many patterns that I needed to like break and how many things I needed to unlearn and like how much love I still had to give myself, you know, because like I didn't love myself at all. And like, really like I'm looking back at it I'm extremely grateful that it happened to me because I probably would still be in those same negative patterns and like self-hate and like I'm just so happy that it allowed me to do that and like although it took me a really long time to figure that out like it definitely got me to that point yeah and I'm beginning to learn that some people do their best healing in relationships and early on in your diagnosis, you mentioned that you didn't disclose to sexual partners. And so those were to be considered acts of self-punishment. Do you feel like maybe you were projecting like, well, somebody did this to me, so I'm going to do this to other people? Were you just avoiding the thought about herpes altogether or what? What would you say that version of you in that time uh, what was their, what was her reason for not disclosing and having sex with people? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't think it was the form of punishing other people. Um, I mean, maybe subconsciously, but I think it was a form of punishing myself, you know, because like, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how it feels to me, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and just making the connection here, it's almost like 
and this is a subjective thing. You can feel free to disagree. Uh, perhaps you were reaching out for someone to save you. And in the way that manifested was unfortunately, but fortunately, the conversation that took place at the dinner table in front of your dad when your sister's shitty ex uh, told your boyfriend that you had a deadly disease, right? And yeah. in that moment, that is what was the catalyst for you realizing that your boyfriend was the hero that you needed over the last two years. Was it two years? Okay, yeah. Over those two years, do you think that maybe you would say that you were looking for a hero? That I've never thought of it like that, but um, actually, yeah, I really do because I always say this to him too, like, and, and you mentioned earlier that there is a lot of healing done in a relationship and, like, I feel like we've definitely been able to do that together. Um, and I always say that, like, he is the reason that, like, I've been able to do the like the work on myself because he's like been my like safe space you know and so that makes a lot of sense when you say that okay Ooh, i, I like being right <laughs> that's probably the best compliment you can tell me you can compliment me in any other way and i'll just be like oh thanks thanks but then when somebody tells me i'm right ooh, <laughs> uh but no there was just like I think that was just an emotional awareness thing, like to feel for the emotion that was coming through as you spoke your words. It's not always what people are saying, but it's the underlying or the undercurrent of the emotion attached to what they're saying. So um, that yeah. that that to me makes sense. And it sounds like given the capacity of the deception, the hurt, the fighting, the disagreeing. You were able to heal and that same capacity for those negative interactions, those negative feelings has increased the capacity of joy, love, peace and just overall partnership. Like you can focus on the relationship because now that was your adversity. That was the hardest thing that you had been through at that point. And now, given the nature of STI stigma, having gone through something as challenging as that is going to shape how well you're able to navigate challenges moving forward. Definitely. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that like you have to go through the hard shit to get to the good stuff. And like, I really think that it's allowed me to, like you said, be able to, you know, work through, things in my life that are hard and like if I didn't go through that like I don't know where I would be yeah um and I want to also just echo what you said about herpes having been such a thing that changed your life because I'll do my best to not give herpes credit for me being a good person but no matter what like I look at what I do now running this organization full time and advocating, having these conversations regularly. Herpes has become a major part of my life, regardless how I choose to look at it or how I choose to say. So I'm only just now nearly nine years into my diagnosis, accepting herpes as a part of my life. Like it is a major part of my behavior. It is a major part of my day because of the conversations that I have about it. But it's yeah. um, 
it's it's made me into the kind of person that I don't know that I would have become otherwise. And I often wonder what would it have been if it wasn't herpes? Would it have been a car accident? Would it have been the loss of a loved one? Would it have been a diagnosis of something that put a timeline on my ex- the, my remaining years here? Um, so for it to have been herpes and for that to have been such a catalyst for change, I I I, I want to just echo that to you that you are not alone in that <laughs> regardless of how long it took me to realize this um you're not alone in that herpes changed your life so it's not cheesy it's true yeah yeah for sure uh, i appreciate that yeah for sure um now it's okay we have probably 20 minutes before i know you need to get on your zoom call uh before i ask any more questions are there any things that you want to uh convey to the audience about your experience at all and then i also want to let you speak to the article on med um medical journal elephant journal um and and speak a little bit to that so first is there anything that you want to say um I, I guess I want to say if you, anyone listening to this, like, feel free to reach out to me because, like, I know how hard it was and, like, I know how hard it is. And that was my main goal when writing that article is, like, to help people not feel so alone. So, yeah, you can give people my information. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Um, Instagram, like you want to just shout that here and then I'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah, it's, um, K long fit. Okay. Got it. Uh, I also wanted to ask you about your relationship to sex pre-diagnosis around the time of your diagnosis, as you've already spoken to what it was after your diagnosis. So we just, let's start there. Cause you mentioned growing up Christian. I'm curious to know what your relationship to sex was, um, in relation to religion and then, uh, what it became, uh, after you became sexually active. Yeah. Um, well, in regards to, Christianity, like, I was told growing up not to have sex, and that was basically the only narrative around sex that I had, and, you know, it was like, just don't do it. There was no conversation on how to have um, protective sex and, like, what to do, and it was always just don't do it, and I think that really screwed me up as far as, like, as a teenager, like, of course, when your parents tell you not to do something, like, you're gonna do it, (laughs) no matter what, I think, I think that was a huge issue for me, and I think, um, it just created a lot of, like, shame around sex, so that when I did have sex, I was not comfortable, um, with myself, or with what I was doing, um, I never used a condom, because i like, just didn't know. Were you on birth uh, control? I was, yeah, just to regulate my period, thankfully. Whoa. <laughs> okay, so you're, and your parents, were they involved with that process of getting you on birth control to regulate your period? Um, yeah, my mom helped me because I was having a period for, like, 14 days straight. So Whoa. it was kind of scary, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that, thankfully, was, you know, pretty easy. Um and of course, my mom 
did say like that's not a reason to go out and have sex you know <laughs> like you know she knew I think I'm pretty sure like when I told her the first time I had sex she was like disappointed and I think that was like a really big thing for me in just like being shameful about it pretty much every single time um and then to answer your question after my diagnosis I think like I just started using sex as a way to like disconnect you know and to like run away from my problems like I had sex with people that like I didn't even like and a lot of the time I was drunk I was doing drugs like I just didn't care and I think like (laughs) I think at that time my diagnosis just made my self-worth like even lower than I already was and um yeah, just in general, like a lot of shame. Yeah. And what's your relationship to your faith now? Has that changed? Has it evolved? Has it strengthened? <laughs> you started to chuckle. <laughs> um, I'm not going to like shit on religion or anything. But like for me, I pretty much abandoned the whole thing because like because of that and just because of like the whole culture around it is it breeds a lot of things like that I fully believe that you know a lot of people that are involved in religion also have shame around sex and like not just sex just like being a woman you know like I literally wish I was a a man my entire life and um so yeah, I mean, like, no judgment. My mom's still Christian, and, like, we can have conversations about it, and, like, she knows where I stand. I know where she stands. Um, I'm not, like, atheist or anything. Like, I, I'm i still kind of spiritual. Like, I do believe that there's something out there, hopefully. <laughs> but So I didn't, I guess, fully abandon it, but, like, as far as organized religion goes, that definitely turned me off from it a lot. Yeah, I think that I have a very similar experience because over the years I've come to learn that um, religion tends to hold on to traditions and hold on to history and the context doesn't work anymore. Um, I had a conversation with someone who was diagnosed with herpes and is super religious, like believes that gay people are sinners and going to hell. But I was like... All right, let's let's break this down. So I approached it with curiosity and I asked, all right, contextually, if homosexuality is a sin or was a sin during those days, it would likely have been because it didn't help the advancement of humanity to have people who weren't contributing people, which was the greatest need at that point in time. The more bodies you have, people were falling ill early, like you needed armies, medicine, uh, hunters, gatherers. You needed these kinds of things for the community, for society, in order for it to thrive. In 2022, like I believe that people who are not having children, like 
people who are engaging in same-sex marriage or um, like still having their faith, those kinds of relationships where the people of the same sex aren't reproducing together, I guess, uh, they might be hands down to single-handedly, single-handedly holding this world together from imploding on itself due to overpopulation. So I tried to present that kind of an audience, uh, an audience. I tried to present that, that narrative, that perspective to her. And she, it, it made sense. You can kind of see gears turning, but because of her faith and how strong it has to be, she still was like, well, this is in the Bible. And even though I Googled yeah. is homosexuality a sin. And I pulled up something from a very credible looking resource in the religion Institute of whatever, whatever it was like, no, it's not. <laughs> so yeah. that's how, that's how strong clause of religion can be and it's not exclusively uh it's not inherently a bad thing to have values and morals and a code to live by but where it becomes damaging is when you remove the context if you don't look at the fact that we now have technology we now have a lot an abundance of survival resources at our disposal so some of the reasoning for certain things being uh let's call it illegal right let's say yeah. like it it wasn't uh, part of the society code, those same things don't apply here now in 2022. And there is more room for pleasure and enjoyment and exploration. And people are able to identify that they like uh, certain things that it may not have been okay and acceptable to like, or at least be open about liking during those yeah. times. So now what I'm learning is that spirituality is more so something that emphasizes uh, presence. It's about now. It's about being with yourself. Like you have to stumble and make your own mistakes in order to identify what your own core values are, what your own belief systems are. And that's okay. Religion teaches us that stumbling on your own is not okay. You're supposed to live by these commandments, these laws, these ways, and no matter what, don't waver in those. The perfect example is thou shalt not kill. All right, well, if there is, a, like, let's look at we hunt. Right. So we're killing contextually. We're, we're sinning to survive. Or if yeah. someone is about to harm your loved ones, children or anything like that. And violence is the only way to combat that because this is where that person is. Then that's when it the potential, you know, it, it's the potential for killing is there. Look at militaries like we have politics overlapping religion and we have armies and militaries that kill right so where's the where's the line there but god forbid a woman want to get an abortion after having been assaulted right so uh I, I went on a huge rant there for no apparent reason, but uh, just this is the differentiation in what I've learned through having herpes between religion and spirituality. It's tradition versus presence and the um, willingness and security to stumble your way into your own values and what makes sense and applies to your life not somebody else's. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything you said. Um, you mentioned just like you can have morals and values without religion, you know, and that's kind of where I'm at. Like, yeah, <laughs> and no judgment to anybody that, you know, is religious. Like, you can still 
do those things and be a good person and not like shame other people for for their things and but for me like it definitely is not a thing (laughs) yeah um do you feel like being a bad person made you able to be a better good person totally yeah yeah and just like me going through that like is a testament of like how many changes that people can make in their lives like you don't have to be the same person all the time like you can grow and change and become better yeah snakes shed their skin a bunch of times <laughs> so yeah. uh that's that's what we do like we just we shed our skins we become um more of who we are underneath at our core um the more that we just allow for that to come out for that to shine through um I've heard the phrase, uh, holding on to secrets will kill you faster than the consequences of letting them out will. Uh, Uh, (laughs) All right, go ahead. Go ahead and say what you were going to say. No, I was just going to say, I was just agreeing. Like, that really resonates with me. (laughs) Yeah. um, And in your experience, are you open to or able to speak to that statement? Because I was going to just, like, ask you about that, like, how relieved you were even though you were scared shitless to mm-hmm. have finally had your partner just know mm-hmm. um yeah I think I was extremely relieved because like I didn't know how to handle it and like you know I don't think that I was necessarily like a bad person I think I was just hurt and I was just like hurting and I needed help <laughs> You know, and so when that happened, it was it was definitely a relief. Okay, Uh, where are you in regards to fear of passing herpes on to him? Are you scared that he's going to have an outbreak and that those same feelings from your initial diagnosis are going to reemerge? Um, you know what? I we've been together five years, and as far as I know, he he doesn't have it yet. And I I'm pretty confident in the fact Mm -hmm. that like the work that we've done on this, it would very much alleviate some of those thoughts and, and feelings. I mean, I'm sure he will still struggle if it does happen, but I feel like I'm much more confident in the fact that, like, um, just because, like, he has me to support him, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he would be able to work through it pretty easily. Yeah. That is awesome to hear. I am really just, I want to thank you for sharing this story, for taking it back to being 19 years old and going through those traumatic experiences and just revisiting that time. Um, There is, I lost what I was wanting to say because I started to just say thank you. So maybe it wasn't that important. It was more important that I express my gratitude to you. Um, But I like that we're able to share these real experiences. Oh, here it is. Because a lot of people who are living with herpes have no reason to speak to me on this podcast. They're living their lives. They're in their relationships for five years. Their partner is okay with it. Their partner hasn't gotten it. The person has forgiven themselves, accepted themselves, and they just don't have any reason to reach out and utilize resources or speak about having herpes vocally because there's just this, there's an unknowing of what people are going through. 
uh, because they are okay with it. Like to many people, this is not a big deal. But to a few people, typically the people that I've spoken to or who listen to this podcast, there's a lot to uncover. Like they have to go through the process that you've already gone through yourself. So I really want to express my gratitude for you um, being here and showing up and having written an article and put your experience out there in a way that allows for me to more easily um, invite people to challenge their own internal beliefs about what it means to have herpes and what it means to begin to engage with the healing process that often has to take place as a result of it. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me on here. It was awesome. Yeah, this was. And it was very unexpected. I looked up and it was almost two o'clock and I heard the rain and I was like, oh, this is going to be a terrible recording. I'm going to have to reschedule. And then I was like, oh, but wait, maybe it'll stop. And here we are. You made the rain pause just long enough for us to do this important work here. Um, Thank you so much, Caitlin. And I will link to your Instagram so that people can follow you. Um, And if you can, can you send me that article uh, so that I can share that for people as well? Yes, of course, I can do that. All right, thank you. That concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please like, rate, review, subscribe to, share this podcast, and donate to the nonprofit if you find that you are getting value out of the resources that we provide, if you've been connected to communities, if you find that um, some of the stories have helped you in your own healing, please consider leaving a donation to PayPal or Venmo at Courtney Brame. No special characters, just C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y-B-R-A-M-E. For those who don't know, the nonprofit is aiming to provide mental health resources to people struggling with herpes stigma. And this advocacy extends into the concept of STI minimization, advocating for the inclusion of the lived experiences of people who have tested positive for an STI uh, to be incorporated into the evolution of STD prevention efforts. Um, I'm bringing on mental health professionals, experts in the STD prevention field as a way of bridging the gap of miscommunication between people who have the science understanding and expertise and the people who have the lived experiences and challenges so that we can get on the same page. The science, the research, the data is not reflective of the current state of people who are living with STIs, who are living with herpes. And I want for us to be able to get more consistency and accuracy so that it makes creating a sense of allyship a little bit easier when we disclose to our partners, family, friends, support systems, and communities. Till next time, stay sex positive.